everybody good afternoon ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of down in the valley brought to you by the beautiful game network and natural beauty spa we also want to thank the bgn sponsors uh like roughneck scarves the official scarf supplier of mls usl and us soccer get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com and of course icarus fc are you tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Well, if you are, and you're looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, uh, adult or pro team, or even a supporters group, you know, Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. And also, uh, to see our podcast and other USL podcasts and articles, be sure to check out the BGN's website at the BGN at BGN.FM. Be sure to, to hit that subscribe button below and click on that bell too in order to get notified whenever we do post content on our YouTube channel. And while you're at it, go ahead and hit that like and share button, not only uh, here on YouTube, but also on the Facebook Live uh, stream as well. Uh, as far as audio podcasts are concerned, you can check out the podcast on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, uh, and Apple Podcasts. For those of you that are listening through the podcast audio, or uh, be sure, uh, let me say that again. I was doing so well. For those of us that are listening through the podcast audio, we usually go live every Wednesday at 7 p.m on YouTube and now on Facebook Live, uh, facebook.com slash down in the RGV. However, this is a, a very special uh, episode per se because of the bombshell news that we will be talking about uh, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, my name is Edson Ochoa. I am the host of the Down in the Valley podcast and in order to talk about this uh, this bit of news, we brought it. We brought in almost a complete squad. We we are so close to having the complete squad today, um, but last minute things happened and Jacob couldn't make it. Uh, but uh, he did send a send us a message uh, to relay to all of y'all uh, as far as his uh, his opinion about this uh, particular bit of news. But let's go ahead and uh, introduce uh, who we're going to have on the show tonight. We've got, as, uh, as always, we've had in the last couple of episodes, we've had uh, Ray Silva of South Texas Border Sports. Ray, how are you doing? Uh, well, and thanks again for the invite. I appreciate you coming on, uh, as always. Um, and uh, he has been kind of... MIA for a while, but with good reason, with good reason. Uh, remember, personal life always comes first. Um, so, but he's on to talk today uh, with y'all to kind of give his thoughts on this particular uh, bit of news. We've got Cesar Cortez. Cesar, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Edson. It's glad to be back. Finally got the time to, um, you know, to be back on the podcast. I've been really wanting to do this for quite a while now. And what better time to be able to have the opportunity to come on with this bombshell news that we're about to drop? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, what do you mean, get cut off, guys? Um, 
let me let me know what you guys what you guys are getting as far as like my audio is cutting off or what what are you getting uh i wonder if it's because of the compressor or i oh, i think I, I think i know what it is hold on guys real quick real quick real quick it's probably the threshold uh values that i moved over here um said that they're getting no sound um from who from them or or from me you can tell you can tell that we've got a lot of uh, from who from well my my uh, all right anyways we'll we'll see hopefully it, it gets fixed up but guys thanks everybody for tuning in we've got gilbert guajardo we've got johnny we've got michael we've got harry from uh from san antonio uh we've got uh jordi iraeta uh who's got to do who's got a question but all right so this is what we're going to be doing so we'll go ahead and talk about the topics that we've got in hand um we've got three different topics that we do want to we do want to talk about um you guys are more than welcome to give your thoughts um it might have to do it might have to do with the bit rate um i'm not 100 percent sure uh in order to accommodate Facebook Live, I had to do something uh, with uh, Restream.io. So it could be an issue with Restream.io because I, uh, from what I'm seeing right here, I'm not dropping any frames. So it could be a bitrate issue with uh, Restream.io. So um, that that's what that's what it could be. Just bear, uh, bear with us uh, in regards to that. Like I said, uh, hopefully we can have the audio broadcast if it does become such a big of a problem. Um, Hopefully we, we can start fixing that um, with the subsequent episodes, but um, we do have a lot to talk about today. Um, <laughs> so the yes, shade is being thrown in the comments. Already. I can see that. I can <laughs> see that it took what like what six minutes only for for Harry to start throwing uh, to start receiving some shade. Uh, but anyway, guys. Okay, so this is what we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be talking about the topics, right? Um, and then at the end, we'll go ahead and take some time to receive any uh, questions from the from the chat. Any uh, any as far as comments, overall comments from you guys, you know, any feedback or any of that. Uh, and then we'll go ahead and close it out. Uh, we do want to give some time for us to kind of get into the discussion of the particular topics uh, in hand. Um, it's we're trying to change this up uh, a little bit so it'll be a lot more uh, a lot more of a streamlined process when it comes to the show. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I, that's why I I, I changed because I, I was about to say Harry start no he's the one receiving it right now. Uh, but anyways, all right. So um, big huge bit of news from um, so last Wednesday. I was not expecting it. I was not expecting this at all. Uh, but RGVFC announced that the relationship status between the Houston Dynamo and RGVFC was going to be changed. It was it was actually restructured. What do we mean by restructured? It means that now RGVFC is a completely independent team. We are not a hybrid, much less an MLS2 team anymore. We are now officially an independent team uh, in regards to USSF and in regards how the uh, the team will be handled from here on out. So what is this? What do we mean by uh, that? So first of all, uh, RGBFC 
now controls the technical operations of the team, which include player selection, which include the hiring of the technical staff, uh, uh, and that includes head coach, you know, assistants, um, and all of that, all of the members that make up the technical staff. And I'm assuming this is just an assumption of mine that wasn't, I don't think it was mentioned in the, uh, in the press conference, but I'm assuming that that includes wages as well. RGBFC will now be uh, uh, paying the players the wages rather than the Houston Dynamo as it was uh, being done the last uh, five years. So that's one of the changes. However, there is, um, as you all probably know, we've talked about it in previous shows. Uh, Jeff Reuter did mention in an article regarding the Houston Dynamo, he mentioned that... uh, the relationship contract within itself that was currently in place still had one more year. In other words, this 2021 year was technically the last year of any kind of relationship between RGV and the Houston Dynamo. Uh, however, uh, it was announced via the uh, press, well, not the, well, the press release, yes, uh, that the uh, there is an option to extend this partnership, this affiliation. Uh, if it is, if it is, uh, wanted by both parties. So for example, if this particular relationship, affiliation relationship does work and they, and they, they can go into negotiations in order to extend that for, uh, more years if needed. Um, also the, and I think this is the, this is the biggest thing for RGBFC fans, um, RGVFC, the Toros are now eligible to participate in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. And I know a lot of fans that I know, whether it's from the Stampede or fans that I know from social media, were very vocal about wanting the Toros to be participating in the Lamar Hunt US U.S. Open Cup. Well, guess what? It's finally happening, folks. So I am extremely pleased with that. Uh, that 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 is going to be great. Uh, and given the HEB Park and the Valley, the ability to potentially hold or host MLS teams within uh, uh, when when they go against if they go against the Taurus. So we might see an LA Galaxy or an LAFC, you know, or maybe maybe even the the Houston Dynamo or FC Dallas or Austin coming into uh, HEB Park and uh, playing against the Toros uh, in front of in front of the fans. Here's hoping due to the pandemic. Um, also, and this is where it kind of gets a little bit iffy. Um, it is also mentioned that the Houston Dynamo FC will hold MLS affiliate rights to all players under contra- under contract with RGV FC. Uh, it is uh, as uh, Jeff from. Uh, Texas Soccer Journal put it in the presser, uh, the right of first refusal. Uh, in the press re- in the press conference, uh, Ron Patel uh, did mention that he was going to get in contact with uh, Matt Jordan to get a better um, explanation about how the right of first refusal will work in this relationship. But, for, but we'll, we'll discuss that uh, once we get everybody else on board. I do want to kind of get uh, uh, list the the differences that is, are going to be happening now within this relationship. 
Um, they did also mention that interleague loans will continue to exist on a game-by-game -game basis or extended loans if necessary between players, uh, between both teams. So the Dynamo can loan players to RGV for a game, for a week, uh, you know, or for multiple games um, ju just as, uh, as well if required they may loan some players, but it won't be as easy as like, oh, I want this player. Oh, he's coming with me kind of thing. No, it'll have to go through. I'm guessing it'll have to go through a more formal process. Uh, now that they are two independent uh, clubs, they just have some certain affiliation. You know, just look at the example of just last year with uh, Dane St. Clair uh, with San between San Antonio FC and uh, Minnesota United. Uh, but that's pretty much the... Uh, more important points of the changes within this uh, relationship, uh, guys. You know, whoever wants to go first, uh, I want to hear y'all y'all start uh, y'all's thoughts. Ray, you can go ahead. Well, Christmas came a little early for soccer fans here in the Rio Grande Valley, and I'm glad that it came a little early. Was I anticipating this? You know, this is where. You know, I kind of grabbed some hints that possibly a uh, a split or independence may have been coming. Remember when I called into the Glenn Davis show? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. When I when I dropped those questions to to uh, Matt Jordan hashtag Core Values. Um, you know, I kind of felt like the follow-up questions that Glenn dropped immediately after I hung up and the non-answers, it kind of like get, it gave it away a little bit like, hey, there's, there's something brewing here and it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Now, how close was it? Uh, who knows? But now that it's actually here, it's going to be something that I'm definitely going to be looking forward to seeing um, across this upcoming season. Cesar? As if I needed an excuse to go see the Toros again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, this news did come as a bombshell for the majority of us RGV fans. I mean, this is going to be what? Their sixth? There's going to be their sixth season? No, this is their uh, seventh or sixth. I believe the 16th. Yes, sixth season. 2021 will okay. be the sixth season. Okay. And, um, you know, nothing, nothing had gotten better. We all thought it was all downhill after the first season, the way it was progressing. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, with everything that's been happening, you know, as far as soccer goes during the pandemic, the way that they went out on a high note, winning their last two games, which was, you know, pretty damn impressive. And, um, you know, for this news to come at the end of the year, something to look forward to at the 2021 year, as far as uh, soccer goes in the Valley. I say that, you know, I felt like we needed something like this, something to get our you know, confidence boosted or something to look forward to. Once, you know, God willing, once all this is over. I think for me, uh, number one, it's it's comforting 
that now we control our own destiny. You know, we talked about it ad nauseum on the show, how it appeared that the Dynamo was holding us back uh, as far as trying to be competitive uh, in the USL Championship. Now we control our own destiny. Um, And I think that is something that will, if done right, I think it'll attract a lot of fans uh, to, to this team because now we will behave like a reg- like any regular team before somebody else controlled our destiny and the problem was is that a lot of fans that did not tune in to this to not tune into to the to this show or no or do you know the the research of the team a lot of people f- thought that before we would run like any regular team that we controlled the players we can we control the signings all of that and so it was a a big misunderstanding uh especially on facebook you know every time they would lose it's like oh like ron patel promised this change and blah 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 he's not hashtag blame gerson who can forget about those guys yeah <laughs> and and so and it, and it got annoying really, really quick how they didn't understand how everything works. Now, there is no excuse, you know, uh, in, in the uh, in the short, in the long term. In the short term, and I'll discuss it a little bit further once we get to this topic, but it's going to be pretty much training wheels, you know. So there's going to there's gonna be some hit, hits or misses. But now it's like we're the ones like if we mess up and we have another 20, if another season like 2020, then this is on us, not on the Houston Dynamo anymore. Um, But I think the potential is there to make this team grow a lot more. I'm not expecting right now, right off the bat, we'll become a team that will consistently humiliate uh, uh, Phoenix Rising. Um, But I think it'll be a, a whole lot better than what we've done in the previous years and a lot more consistent you know, through, during the season. Um, sorry to interrupt, but Harry actually said a really good question. Like question is now that we have the opportunity to, you know, be in other competitions such as the U S open cup. Um, are there young Academy players in the RGV area that can help the draw? Well, the problem, the problem is number one, the, the RGV Academy is still young. Um, and it operates completely independently from the club. So. Yes, correct. So basically, I think the best explanation is uh, it's a completely different en- entity. They just li- the Toros just license the use of the RGVFC Toros name to that particular academy. If uh, hopefully that is the simplest explanation to, to how the relationship between the academy and the first team works. But um, RGV does hold the rights to those players per se, they do sign with the first team. So they are not uh, Dynamo players. They even with even with even before this restructure, the the players from the RGB Academy have nothing to do with the Houston Dynamo or the Houston Dynamo Academy. So just uh, putting it out there uh, as well. Uh, Jorge, welcome to the uh, welcome to the show. Don't worry, Jorge, you are not late. You are not you are not late. We are just barely getting started. Uh, in this particular topic. 
Um, so, and then I, I do want to mention right, right now, uh, the, you know, about the particular signs and what the direction, you know, as far as the formation and, uh, what they want to see from the head coach or from players, you know, uh, in regards to this team. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and let, um, Ron Patel explain the differences. And this is a video that is uh, courtesy of RGVFC. Uh, thank you, Ronnie, for uh, get, uh, sending us uh, the footage of the um, of the presser with Ron Patel. Uh, so these are just excerpts of the more important uh, statements that Ron Patel mentioned in, in this presser. So let's go ahead and uh, give it a quick listen. Uh, good afternoon, everybody, and what I uh, I think is a historic day. For, for soccer in the Rio Grande Valley. I've been in a great mood since uh, since this announcement hit. I think it's fantastic. Um, and I truly think it's a great partnership both for us and for the Houston Dynamo to continue um, their progression as, a, as an MLS franchise as well. But I think uh, I'd like to, to start off just by talking about the main points of the partnership and, and what the, the, the highlights are of it, which are um, A, most importantly, uh, technical control of the club will now be Will be hit locally here in, in the RGV, so I've got a big job in finding the right head coach um, and staff to, to lead this team into the 2021 season. And then uh, also we've got a lot of players we've got to bring in, and that'll be in tandem with the head coach um, and try to figure out how we're going to put the best squad on the field in 2021 to, to represent the Valley. Item number two, uh, Houston Dynamo will still retain the MLS rights to players, so any players that come through the ranks and decide to go on to MLS, Houston Dynamo will have uh, first crack at that. Um, and then they'll be loaning players to us as well. So some of the talented players that have already been announced, like Kyle Edwards um, and, uh, and uh, Juan Carlos Azucar, and most recently Kimbo Cavado are all Houston Dynamo players uh, that they're planning on loaning to us for this season. Um, and then uh, the third point, and what I think is the most exciting point, um, is the fact that we are now eligible to, uh, to participate in the, the longest running tournament in the world in, the, in our sport, which is the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. And in a tournament uh, as prestigious as this, and the fact that the Valley could go on to earn the title of the, the best club in America. And that's what the Open Cup is. It, it crowns the best soccer club in America amongst all levels of soccer. So super exciting that the Valley now gets to participate in that, in that tournament. And I think we need the entire Valley support to help us go far in that tournament. So that's going to be a big goal for us moving forward is advancing in the U.S. Open Cup uh, and getting to the later rounds. And, and one day I'd like to see is lift that trophy. It's a huge goal. Um, if you win that, that tournament, by the way, you get a, an automatic bid into the CONCACAF Champions League, which anyone that saw the game last night between LAFC and Tigres, uh, that was the CONCACAF Champions League. So that means the Valley has an opportunity to, to participate in the tournament. If they were to win that tournament, go on to play Club America, Tigers, Rayados in, in a meaningful game. But even before then, we got the opportunity to play an MLS team if we win a game or two in this tournament. Uh, we could even play in the Houston Dynamo. How fun would that be? So um, I'm, I'm ecstatic, if you can't tell. Um, I'm very, very happy with, with the news today. And uh, I'm truly looking forward to 2021. So I, I think Alonzo Cantu, is, uh, he loves the Valley. And he absolutely loves the Valley. That's why this business exists. That's why the sports teams exist. He obviously has the Toros and the Vipers. Um, and that's the, the arena and the stadium that he's helped build. Um, the reason these businesses exist is to improve the quality of life of the Valley. 
But Alonzo, absolutely, he's, he's willing to make the investment uh, in bringing the team controlled locally um, because it's the best thing for the Valley and the people of the Valley, and that's why he, he does all the great things he does for this community. Yeah, I, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, a big it's a big responsibility to be, to be uh, the guy that has to go find this, this appropriate head coach, right? And you're asking what are the qualifications of this head coach? Um, you know, I think I think for for the Toros to be successful, we need to we need to represent the Valley. We need to play like the Valley in the style of soccer or football, as we say, that the Valley enjoys. You know, I'm I'm looking for for someone that wants to to be on the front foot, that that wants to play most likely a possession style game where we're controlling the game, controlling the possession, moving the ball around. Um, you know, in the Valley, we we don't produce a ton of six foot six center backs um, or a ton of you know six foot four strikers we we produce some some very technically sound players um that are that are in the midfield and the wing backs and and players like that and the style of play is very fast it's very quick and i think that's what the the brand of soccer is that the valley wants to see however i don't know everything right and i think i've told you right since i met you from day one uh, my job is not to put out there what i want my job is to put out there what the valley wants so i want to hear from fans of the Toros. I want to hear from soccer fans in general. Maybe we haven't earned them as fans of the Toros yet, but I want to hear what, what is it they want to see on the field? What style of play do they want to see? Um, and anyone that spent more than five minutes with me knows I, I want to hear the fans' opinions. I want to listen, and I want to give the Valley the product that they want. Um, so I'm, I'm all ears as to, uh, as to what type of uh, uh, accolades and and skills and, and finesse and, and style of play that these coaches have. No, no. Um, what's what's happened is that we are taking control of the tech office, yes. Um, and then all the players on our squad, with the exception of a few players, so three to six players, uh, will be will be loaned from the Dynamo. Everyone else is RGD players. It's it's going to be our style of play. So our head coach will dictate the style of play, as opposed to before, where the Houston Dynamo dictated the style of play. And then the players that are loaned from the Dynamo will have to adapt to that style of play as well. So it is, it is significantly different from a soccer perspective, the difference now. Uh, well, that was um, RGVSC President Ron Patel uh, kind of explaining uh, little by little, you know, some of the, the changes that I did mention a little while ago uh, in regards to this uh, relationship with the Houston Dynamo. Now, I do want to uh, stress on a couple of points. Uh, number one, um, he talked about Alonso Cantu, the owner. One of the questions, uh, one of the concerns that I had with this whole debate on whether RGV should become an independent team or maintain the relationship with the Houston Dynamo was, uh, besides the fact of, uh, about, you know, all of the wages, you know, or all of the expenses that pretty much overnight uh, Alonso Cantu has to now deal with is was Alonso Cantu wanting to take on that extra expense for this team. Now he has to play player salaries. Now he has to play, uh, pay coaches salaries, uh, trainers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not just, you know, stadium expenses for an office wages and all of that. But the fact that Rod Patel himself said, that Alonso Cantu is determined to make the necessary investment to make the Toros a really good, a competitive team, at least in the USL championship. I think that I, I personally, for me, personally, for me, 
it fills me with hope. I don't know about you guys, uh, Ray or Cesar, and I don't know about you guys uh, in the chat. So we'll go ahead and, and, and start talking a little bit about that. You know, when this pandemic started, when, and I, I'm sorry, Edson, I'm, I'm going to change a little bit of the tune on this only because it does happen to deal with Alonzo Cantu a little bit here. But when the Viper shut down, Mr. Cantu was determined to keep everyone on staff, okay? He kept everyone on staff with Vipers and Toros throughout the pandemic. And you hit the key word, giving hope. Giving hope for the team to finally be able to make some big progress strides. Granted, the first step of progress was already made by declaring the independence. Mm -hmm. Now, as Jeffrey Oregon questioned, now we're a little bit behind that eight ball a little bit, having to do a little bit of chasing now that there is no head coach. Now that you got to go get one and start building up the roster because right now the three players that are signed, they're dynamo property. Mm. They're dynamo property. So right now, not including those three players, we still have zero Toros players, and we still have zero head coach. Correct. And, and Ron Patel hit it on the point. The first things first, we gotta we gotta get a head coach. Now, is there time? Absolutely, there is time. But as each day gets closer, the season start. I'll address you, Caesar, in a bit. As the days go by, I just I just feel like if the USL does start in May, like as their a soft deadline to start, then Ron Patel has got to do something from the middle of January to the beginning of February to to really just manage to do things now. That having been said, now you're playing a little bit more behind with trying to get players in, players that are actual free agents and that are available to get. Cesar? Well, my question to Ray was, when does it start? Or does anybody between the two of us have more or less? There is no official. So there is no official uh, right announcement. Now, the Toros have been operating like May 1st is the soft opening uh, Correct. day. Correct. Nothing official has been announced yet by USL or MLS for that matter, but uh, they're making an, an estimate and, of uh, March 1st. Now, here's the scary part to all this. Let's just say if the USL decides to start everything mid-April, then they got to, like, hit the turbo button on everything. So, but since there's no official word, I think the Toros are taking a bit of a calculated risk on everything. Right I think I, I think you are, but I don't think I don't think that uh, if anything, it'll it'll probably be later rather than sooner. The uh, we have we because we still have to uh, deal with how the the vaccine and I know I'm kind of 
going off topic in regards to soccer, but it all has to do how this vaccine is going to be circulated throughout uh, the, uh, the, the population of the United States and, you know, getting uh, players uh, make sure that they uh, have it and, and be able to be a safe environment for not only the players, but also if uh, they do decide that they want to have fans back into the stadium, they need to decide, okay, are we going to let them, allow them to be a full capacity? Are we going to restrict capacity to some point? All of those variables, I don't think they have resolved just yet at this moment. And you have to remember that they're still under negotiations with the USLPA, you know, for, for that CBA. And I don't want to dig into the, uh, dig deep into, into that. I just don't want to uh, m- mention that because I do want to kind of focus on these particular topics that, that we do want to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but um, Johnny brought up a question uh, re- in regards to um, Alonso Cantu and Cesar right now. I'll go ahead and get your thoughts uh, on this, uh, on Ron Patel's uh, statements. Uh, but he asked, you know, he said, let's be real. Why does nobody believe that Alonso has the cash to build a team? And at least for me, because I think Jorge says that his income in 2016 was 50 million in in 2016. So that's a lot. That's a lot of money, right? I mean, he's got Lone Star National Bank. He he's got Cantu Construction. He's got Doctors Hospital at Renaissance. He has a lot of different uh, assets, uh, businesses that are that that are that are profitable. But the but the the doubt for me wasn't necessarily about the like the amount of money and then the guy we know he, he's he's rich you know he's i dare say he's the richest person in the rio grande valley and maybe in all of, all of south texas right but the more but at the end of the day he is a businessman and a businessman he's going to make his decisions on what's going to make him money what's not what is going to lose me money because if you invest something that's going to lose you money, then it's not something worth investing, you know, in the particular um, entrepreneurship sense of the, the economy, right? So that's where my question was, like, is he will, was he willing to put the necessary money from his, you know, from his profits of his businesses into, into the totals to make it competitive? But from what Ron Patel has said, he is more than willing to do so, and I'm really glad. And let's hope that let's hope that we can actually get some decent uh, veterans and decent and a decent uh, foundation of a starting XI that can compete with anybody within the USL Western Conference. Uh, Cesar, what were your what are your thoughts on Ron Patel's statements? I honestly think. That he had a lot of, you know, obviously he had a lot to say. What were the news that was been given and all that? But given the way that we've seen the team be managed, from you know, from a fan's perspective, all we thought was, hey, you know, maybe Alonso Cantu doesn't, you know, doesn't give, you know, you know, I can't say that word, but <laughs> as much care as we thought we'd like him to. But in reality. Again, who was the who was the organization that had the final word and everything? Correct. Right. And I think a lot but, of yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think a lot of and I just think that a lot of people just never realized that and they never learned that that the Dynamo uh, had the final say in everything. 
you know, in, in any kind of hiring, uh, as far as coaches, as far as far as players, you know, I've heard from reliable, you know, people that the RGB wanted a specific player and they went to Matt Jordan, they went to the Dynamo and the Dynamo found out, told them no. Um, one word that I can, that, that was mentioned to me about a player was Aldo de Nigris. And that they, the Toros were interested in getting Aldo de Nigris as a player coach before Jerson Echeverri came in. And the Houston Dynamo f- flat out told them no. And I really thought that was going to be something kind of like that glimmer of hope when when we heard that rumor that something would give us mm-hmm. you know, just something to cling on to to show that we'd be going, you know, back up instead of down as far as progress went. Yeah. But but now that Ron, that Ron Patel has, you know, was able to negotiate something with this new um, this new this new. Uh, I guess you could say not rules, but these new negotiations that have come out. Yeah. It gives us, I guess you could say it gives us a fighting chance to be, you know, top content, not top contenders. Cause we don't know how far it's going to go. Like Ray said, we still have only what three players. Yes. Not even three players. right? Yeah. We've got Juan Carlos Azokar. We've got, uh, oh, I'm blanking out. Juan Carlos Azokar. We've got Kyle Edwards and, uh, I know I'm missing one more. Campbell Kibato. Campbell Kibato. All three belong to Houston Dynamo Essential. Correct. It's like we it's like we technically have three players, but we really don't have them. Well, yes, but actually no. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Um, so okay, so moving on. Uh something else that was also mentioned by Ron Patel. Um, he talked about uh the play style, the play style of RGB, what he wanted to be. Um, he didn't, he really wasn't looking for, uh, like, you know, a, I guess like in a, th- he was, he was not looking to replicate a Jurgen Klopp Liverpool or a Tiki Taka Barca, nothing like that. Yeah. Yeah. He, something he that needed to be to physical. He did. No. He, he, he feels like physical, uh, physicality does not go, does not go, or it does not really represent the Valley. Um, so he feels that maybe you know a lot uh, a lot he feels that that doesn't really attract fans uh uh within the RGV uh but he he wants it to be you know for it to represent what valley soccer looks like uh, you know is that going to work you know we don't we don't know but you know he did mention that the Houston Dynamo will not have a say in how we should play so, for example, if Tab Ramos wants to play four three four uh four three three high press, uh, that's on him. But the Toros now are not going to be playing that anymore. If the new head coach wants to play four two three one, or he wants to play a five three two, you know, that he can do that freely without any backlash from the Houston Dynamo. And like Ron Patel said, if there are Dynamo loanees coming into the RGBFC Toros. Those RGB loanees are going to have to adapt to the Toros' play style, not the other way around. So I think this leads to a little bit of kind of like iffiness on how these players are able to adapt, you know, quickly because, uh, but I do think that it is minimized with the fact that now the head coach is not going to be forced to, okay, so we're sending you down these players. Uh, Oh, they have, they have to play. 
a certain amount of minutes. Like there, like he has to be a starter or anything like that. Now it, they have to earn their spot, just like everybody else within the roster. They have to earn that spot in that starting XI. And what's going to make them get into that starting uh, eleven? Being able to adapt to the new system as quickly and as efficiently as possible. So that is going to be a huge plus. It's all going to depend on what kind of players are being sent down by the Houston Dynamo. But unlike in 2020, we're not going to rely on the Houston Dynamo to actually for it being the talent of that roster. And one of the things that really surprises me about all this is that once the Toros like assemble their roster, it's going to be interesting what Houston Dynamo will choose for them as they'll have like the first right of refusal. Mm -hmm. So I did, uh, I did get in contact with uh, Ron Patel for further clarification to see if he had gotten a word from Matt Jordan. He did respond real quickly, uh, but he says that he has not heard back. Uh, from Matt Jordan uh, in that matter yet. Core values. Uh, and so, but uh, he said as soon as he heard something from Matt Jordan with an explanation on how the MLS rights of first refusal are going to work, he will be notifying us. And so once we receive that, uh, we will be posting it on our social media. So just a quick reminder, be sure to follow us on all of our social media. Uh, we're on Twitter uh, at down in the RGV. Uh, on Instagram as well, also down at down in the RGB, and you can also give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com uh, slash down in the valley. And for all of all of y'all that are that are watching on Facebook Live, be sure to subscribe also to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash down in the valley. Uh, so I think as far as main topics are concerned, that I think a lot of people had questions. Uh, that I think those were the top two that. Uh, Ron Patel addressed, you know, the pretty much the play style. He did mention, you know, soft date of a May 1st. They're expecting a May 1st re uh, start to the 2021 season. He did also say he was hoping to have a decision on the RGBFC head coach uh, as soon as possible. Um, he said a soft date as well. I just don't remember if he said... Uh, Early, early, early or mid January, but he said that is he like he is not going to let a deadline, you know, rush things to make sure that that the decision that they make as far as head coach is actually going to be a right fit for the vision that he that he wants this Toros team uh, to to play in the USL Championship. Um, so, you know that I don't know if that's good news or bad news for you guys. You know that's all. You know that's all. Uh, at your discretion, and you're more than welcome to, on the chat uh, to give your thoughts about uh, about those declarations, uh, those statements by Ron Patel. Uh, so, um, there was a quick question right here. Uh, he says, so my question, this is from Harry. He says, for preseason games, could you see RGV head to Mexico or have them come to HGV Park for preseason with Liga MX teams? Um, hmm. Uh it's kind of like Mexico would have to come to us, but I don't expect any of that thanks to the pandemic. Correct. I, I really wouldn't see that happening. I could 
there could be that possibility of Austin or even Frisco FC coming down to play in an exhibition match. But I think they're going to end up seeing more of the university exhibitions, uh, probably uh, USL League 2 exhibitions, NPSL. It's all um, a toss-up right now with the pandemic. Happening. And that's and let's not forget, guys, that in order to bring in League MX teams, you know, it's going to take money, right? And for pre and money, money. And also, don't forget as well that if you want to bring a Liga MX team or an ascent or a Liga de Expansión, because it's not Ascenso anymore, Liga de Expansión uh, team, well, their calendarization is completely different compared to uh, American soccer. So they are probably going to be in the middle of the season. So the only time that you could be able to bring them to HB Park is during a, a FIFA international window. So, or, per, or perhaps with the windows being so different, Edson, if say, for example, the, the USL championship does start May 1st, mm -hmm. technically your Liga MX sites would already be in postseason a done so probably the only chance you might get aside from your FIFA international windows would be during their preseason just to get uh, some match minutes. But again, thanks to COVID, aside from the economic and the COVID factors, I don't foresee that happening. And yeah, so that's pretty much going to be it. I think... We're going to be limited to what we usually do, you know, play against UTRGV, play against Austin Bolt. San Antonio FC is going to be a must. Uh, maybe you can play, maybe Corpus Christi FC or even Laredo, Laredo Heat. Heat. Laredo Heat. Yeah. Um, you know, playing against the Dynamo is going to be, uh, is going to be within the possibility too, you know. But it's, you know, just remember, like, we can't have our cake and eat it too, guys. You know, we have now become independent, but yet we want, you know, the good things that was in the in the relationship uh, terms before to stay the same, pues como que no, right? You know, so I feel there's going to there's gonna be some give and take. Yes, we, are, we gain a lot, you know, with this uh, new restructuring, but we're also going to lose out on a couple of things. So maybe we might not be seeing, or it might not be as accessible to play the Houston Dynamo in preseason as we used to have before because of the other relationship or if we do or if we do play against Houston Dynamo we're going to be the ones that have to travel over there not them traveling over uh to uh to HB Park yeah, I say over there like if I'm living over there sorry but <laughs> that I, you know it's it that's a way that's I mean most most of the audiences in 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 RGV so you know that's how I'm explaining it you know it more like I said it more likely they'll be playing either at HSP uh here uh in uh north of Pearland or at BBVA uh, Stadium, rather than making the six-hour drive to uh, HB Park. But that's just, that's just an assumption of mine. It's nothing official. Um, who knows? We might be surprised. But until uh, an official uh, announcement is made by either team, you know, it's just, it's just a bunch of, uh, of assumptions at, at this point. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd, I'd love to see at least a Puebla or a Santos you know, coming into the Rio Grande Valley, you know, for preseason. But like I said, those those uh, schedule differences uh, might make that almost impossible. Really, bro, Puebla? Really? I mean. Really? The last time those guys were down here, 
was, was, was America. I mean, we gotta get we gotta get Ormedeus into the Rio Grande Valley. I mean, look, with all due respect to Puebla, they're a nice traditional Mexican guy Mex side. But the last time they were here against Pumas, I was there at that game. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 see No further comment. Okay, but 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 look, think of it this way though. I mean they're playing it was two Liga MX teams. We know that Puebla is usually on the lower end of the Liga MX spectrum. But I mean you're going up against you're going up against the Toros. Even even them being a lower team of Liga MX, I think the Toros would be would learn something, you know, going up against them and would kind of raise their level, just like the Toros did when they played Santos. Uh what was it, three years ago? Yeah. You know? Isn't it a three zero three nil game? Yeah, yeah, yes. we won three 0 Uh I was, was surprised. Under Gerson's first year. Yes. Yeah. You know, so I mean that could happen, like I said, but it would have to, there have to be some strenuous circumstances where the the stars and the planets just line up, you know, just the line, and and that'll happen. So, like I said, expect uh, preseason against MLS team or not a uh, USL teams, uh, USL championship teams uh, from within Texas, Austin, San Antonio. Not sure about El Paso because of the distance, but it could also be you know Laredo, Laredo Heat or Corpus Christi FC. And of course, you know, you'll you'll be playing, you'll probably be playing against uh UTRGV, uh, maybe even a, a HBU still, you know. I don't know if that was because that was calendarized by the Houston Dynamo. But anyway, moving on to, to the next topic, uh, because um it is almost gonna be uh eight o'clock. Uh so the next topic I do want to talk about uh at this moment is uh there was a rumor that's been that has been uh going around. Um, the last couple of the last couple of days, and this was started by another show. We've mentioned it before. I'm not gonna go into specific details, but you know why. Anyway, Solo Football RGV, Solo Football RGV. Uh, last week, they mentioned that apparently Reinaldo Lima Siqueira uh, is a Siqueira, right? I can I cannot read the when it when Siqueira. Siqueira, yes. Reinaldo Lima Siqueira is rumored to be a candidate for the head coaching job that was left vacant with the non-renewal of Jerson Echeverry. Okay, so Reinaldo so Lima Siqueira has he only played I believe two years as a professional soccer player uh, with the Alacranes de Durango uh, in the lower divisions of Mexico. Um, after he retires from being a professional player, he becomes a um, a head coach for their the Alacranes de Durango B team. And I'll go ahead and I'll actually go ahead and post uh, that graphic uh, for you all, uh, just so you, can, you guys can uh, follow. Uh, what I'm talking about. Okay. So, uh, Reinaldo Lima Siqueira, he was with Alacranes de Durango B in the Liga, or what is now known as Liga TDP, uh, from the 1st of uh, January, the 1st of January of 08 till the 18th of March of 2011. And then within that time, uh, the First team's head coach for Alacranes was fired, was sacked, 
So he became the uh, interim head coach, you know, for a cup for a, for one week, and then they decided that he was going to be the head coach uh, for the for the Salacranes de Durango team in the Ascenso MX. Uh, he was only there for three months, you know, in, back in twenty eleven. So he leaves Alacranes. He goes to Indios de Ciudad Juarez's B team. Uh, he's only there for five months, so basically a, a semester with Indios de Ciudad Juarez. Uh, he then gets hired. Um, I think, you know, so data is a little bit kind of scarce uh, uh, for Renando Lima Siqueira, like even on from transfer market where, some, you know, was a little bit uh, uh, sporadic here and there, like there, there's some holes. Um, but so after Indios de Ciudad Juarez in 2013, uh, he gets hired uh, to be the head coach of the under 15 Tigres uh, squad. Um, within that time as well, he, at the same time, he is actually the assistant head coach for Tigres' third division team. And then in 2014, he gets, uh, he gets called as, or he gets hired, I should say, as a head coach for Tigres Premier of the Liga Premier, which can kind of, uh, translate into the third division, if I'm not mistaken, of uh, the Mexican soccer pyramid. Um, he's there from uh, July of 14 to, uh, what is it, June of 16, where he wins two championships with Tigres Premier. After he leaves, uh, after he leaves Tigres, he actually... Uh, goes into, let me just, he goes to La Universidad Autónoma de Zacatecas, where he's only there for, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, let me, uh, let me just modify this right here, because I'm covering the information, and that's not good. Uh, here we go. All right. So, he goes to the Universidad Autónoma de Zacatecas in the Liga Premier, uh, he's there for from July 2016 till June 2017. So he's there for a full year. He then goes to Club Necaxa. Uh, he coaches their under-15 uh, team for 2017 to 2018. At the same time, he is the assistant head coach of the Necaxa under-20s. Then in 2019, he gets hired uh, to be the under-19 coach for the Toros Academy, where I've been told that he does not have that position anymore. Uh, going into uh, 2020. So, to me, I look at this, and I don't, it just doesn't, it it just doesn't garner the attention it, for me. And I know Johnny and a couple of uh, other uh, fans have met, exercised, you know, they've mentioned like, wait, we're getting another guy that's, that has been dealing with youth development rather than a professional, like, for example, somebody that has dealt with professional players, uh, because, you know, he said, I think Johnny said it where he's like, it's a completely different teaching style when you're dealing with kids that are going to be paying attention to you compared to coaching professionals especially if you're going to be coaching veterans that may have egos 
that you've got to manage. And so that kind of goes up against him. Ray, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you uh, give your thoughts on this uh, first, uh, since I know you had something you want to say about this. You know, I am going to say this. If this is the manager that, that RGBFC selects, not that it's going to discredit everything that has been done till then, but if this guy becomes our coach, you might as well be better off going into the NCAA Division One pool and try to get someone from there. Mm -hmm. because this is basically what we're uh, getting ourselves into, okay? I just feel like if this is the first name that has been mentioned, I just hope that that pool of head coaches is a little bit deeper than this. Now, keep in mind that this is a coach that has coached in the third division of Mexico. Mm -hmm. Not bad, but if you really, if you really want to introduce the Toros to getting CONCACAF as John Arnold would put in his newsletters, this might be the ideal time to do so. Because you're, you're dealing with a, a South American profile who has coached the third division of Mexico. He's done He's done the, the youth talent stuff already. So he's got that pedigree to him, and he's even got that third division to him now. Mm -hmm. This might be the best way to get the Toros, get CONCACAF, aside from the events that come into town. Cesar? Oh. So this is what I, I kind of like about that move. But then again... Consider the source where it's coming from, too. Consider that as well. I'm not going to lie, and I'll go ahead and say this right now. To me, this announcement seems more of the guy, Pan that Pancho guy, trying to postulate uh, Reynaldo Siqueira as the head coach. Considering that the guy has influences and is within the inner circle of Alonso Cantu, I think this is, I think this is where... I think this is the explanation because the way Ron Patel mentions to uh, has mentioned, you know, he wants this to be a competitive team. He wants this to be for them to be a mentality of we need to win rather than development. And the his the managerial history of Reynaldo Siqueira, it's more about development. His experience, his vast experience, is, is more about development rather than, you know, head coach. I mean, you've still got, if I'm not mistaken, you've still got Ian Russell available. I thought Ian Russell was picked up by Las Vegas Lights. Did they? Yeah. Well, you may be, you may be right. I'll have to double check on that. I, 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 I've been, I've kind of been kind of, uh, I don't think I, I, I saw that, but you could be right. But the point I'm trying to make, you know, there's a, there's a, better pool out there that actually has, you know, some sort of professional experience, which more aligns to the vision that we want this team to be rather than getting a guy that's de development. 
Uh, and, and and let's and let's and let's be honest. I mean, yeah, he he has two, uh, two championships with Tigres, and we know that Tigres isn't really a team that is known for youth development. Uh, so at least there, so there could be that, you know. But at the end of the day, like for Tigres, Tigres Premier is another step in the development process from getting kids from their academy to the Tigres first team. That Tuca doesn't want to use uh, youth from the academy, that's a completely different story, and that's not what this podcast is about, you know. Uh, but, see, <laughs> uh, Harry says, Siqueira sounds like a Powell hire, great with the kids. But, Harry, I think, he, I think you're going to be one to say that he might have been great with the kids, but he really wasn't great as a coach that'll win you a that'll win you uh a championship or at least uh get you uh, out of a out of a pickle when it comes to direct uh elimination or things like that. I could be wrong, but from what I've uh, from what I've seen the feedback that I had seen when he got fired and was replaced by Marcina, that's kind of the vibe that I got uh as far as the the fans talking about uh Powell. So I don't think this is going to be a. I don't think this is a good hire. Uh, if if the if the vision is how Ron Patel says, I think you've got, I think they've got to look at uh, somebody else, and I'm sure they are. I'm sure there's a lot of candidates there, and they're still looking. But if you were to ask me, but I mean, what do I know? I'm just a guy that's that has a podcast. I you know I never played soccer as a professional or anything. Yeah, but if you ask me as a fan, no, no, this is not. A, this is not a this is not a good idea, uh, if we want to remain remain competitive, uh, and that, and so that that that's my opinion. Cesar, what do you think? That was going to be my next um, argument as to why we should not um, hire hire this um, this set manager because we've been a development team for the past five seasons, and now, well, it, there's a there's a black and a white to this because on the good side, yes, we're trying to get out of that. You know, we just got independence. We want to have that more competitive vibe, but on the other hand, what are, what exactly is the talent that the Toros are going to have to work with um, for this, for this uh, seventh season? Oh, sorry, excuse me, sixth season. So maybe development isn't, you know, the play style isn't exactly needed to be brought out of the picture because there is going to be a bit of a learning curve to, to um, well, a bit of a getting used to the new kind of play style that, you know, the fans want. And, you know, depending on what Ron Patel brings to the table. Mm-hmm. As far as talent goes, because now that the Toros have the say so in, um, you know, in the, as far as the player pool, I mean, for to start, who's in charge of you know scouting right now? Uh, Houston Dynamo. Okay. Well, well, before the restructuring, now, okay. now more than likely, it has to be uh, on the Toro side. I mean, do they even have the resources? To be able, now that they're independent, to be able to be able to scout players, you know, veteran players like Charlie Ward. You know, cross your fingers, guys. 
Uh, Kai Green, you know, a bunch of first season, you know, ex-Toros players. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a chance that they may come back because we saw what they brought in the first season. But now that they're off, wait, wait, is Charlie Ward still with energy? No, he's free agent. Oh, hmm. so there's a so there's that little glimmer of hope then after all. <laughs> Come on, Ron. If you are listening to us, make it happen. We will adore you for a while if you're able to make it happen. And I think somebody asked uh, a while ago in the chat about who would you bring? Would you be bring back? And I, he mentioned Charlie Ward. He also mentioned uh, Chuy Enriquez. Um, Another free agent, folks. Yeah. I personally, I would bring them back. Mm -hmm. I would bring back Charlie Ward as a starter. And depending on who you get in, in, the, in the position, I'd probably have Chuy in the, uh, as a revulsiver and a pretty, pretty much a bench player. That'll get that'll get uh, minutes. You know, it's not gonna be like he's just gonna be relegated to the bench like he was in Reno. You know, no Reno in, in Reno he did have a lot of appearances off the bench. He he did get mm -hmm. like because I know I know in the last couple of games I was watch I watched the Reno games and like he was never they put in Apodaca over him. You know, uh, uh, in the games especially in playoffs. I know in the first couple of games he probably got like maybe like 15, 20 minutes. But then, mm -hmm. as the games went on at the at the end of the uh, regular season and into the pre off season into the postseason, he was pretty much just stuck on the bench. So, um, and now Reno eighteen sixty eight is um, is no, no more. more. F in the Either chat. My... F in the chat for Reno eighteen sixty eight. This one goes out to all my Reno. Here's all my another Reno F in the chat and <laughs> and name that I would bring up and try to. Uh, make a comeback for Todd Warden. Damn you, damn you! You took you, it right out of my mouth. I mean, you, F, yeah. F, F for St. Louis FC. F in the chat for them as well for St. Louis FC. That'd be another. That'd be another guy to bring. If you're not gonna bring Marcello, no, ni digas eso. We need local talent. I mean, bro. we do. I mean, we do. But you would assume that they should. They could have. They should have announced. Cello already if he was going to be coming back. I mean the, the hope is still there, but it's like it makes you think it makes you think like you would assume that he'd be one of the first to be announced to come back. You know. Speaking of local talent, um anybody got tabs on Chilean? Um I've messaged him. I like I messaged him on Christmas to kind of you know wish him, but I have not uh like I have not asked anybody, you know, anything in regards to that because obviously you know with the with negotiation if there's negotiations going on uh they're probably not going to want to make uh make sure none of that goes public so you know and at the at the end of the at the end of the day you know you know it is it is it is what it is right it is a business folks. it is a business um so yeah so there well, you're so, right about one thing master mm -hmm. the negotiations was short <laughs> <laughs> Ray gets it. <laughs> yeah, so Johnny tells me, um, before we move on, Johnny tells me, he says, I'm looking at all available options. Hmm. He says, I can't comment on individual names during this process out of respect to all candidates, but there is a lot of interest in this job. Hmm. 
Oh yeah, I mean, of course. Now, now that you, now that there's in the freedom, independence, of course, you're gonna get a lot more interest now. Hey, let's not forget that, and we <laughs> talked about Charlie, Chuy Enriquez. They went public and said, "I love the Todos organization. I have no complaints about them." Houston is a different story. So. That makes me wonder now that the merge, now that this new independence has come, we were kind of, us as Toros fans, we were kind of forced to be, you know, Houston Dynamo fans by proxy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder what the fan count will be if the gain fans, because of the respect of, you know, now that they've got us our independence, or we're just going to say, you know, to hell with to hell with Houston. We don't got to worry about them anymore. Yeah, they're not going to take our players. So I do want to just real quick, guys. So Aldo Quintanilla just left us a a uh, a shout out uh, on Facebook Live. He says, "Canta uno de los con, de los cadetes, compadre. Saludos a los dos." <laughs> <laughs> wow, compadre Aldo, si todavía estás ahí. Te debo una carnita asada, güey, por eso. <ríe> cuando, cuando... Que le pongan dos coronas a la madre. Oh, as... Eh, pues, espérate, espérate. ¿Cómo que la madre? Eh, this is, this is rated PG, compadre. This is rated PG. Let's try two, two crowns for the mother. There we go. Oh, because in Spanish, you... anyway, I'm just kind of messing, I'm messing around. I'm just messing around. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Uh, so, yeah. Huge shout out to Aldo Quintanilla. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he re-signed with uh, Austin Bull. Uh, nope. So might be another free agent there. But uh, did Aldo? Go- uh, you know, I'm checking the. Uh, I'm checking the transfer tracker by the USL. Mm-hmm. And those four names at aforementioned, uh, they're free agents. It's fair game. Um, so Harry says, doesn't RGB also have the GM from Des Moines Menace on the payroll? Who? I don't know. No comment. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know if he's still there. I, he, I haven't heard anything from him in a while. No, nothing official was made, so... I'm on. I can honestly say I just I I don't know if he's still with, with the uh with the organization, so um that's a that's a huge question mark uh in regards to that. Um, Johnny uh, Johnny also asked about Mikey Lopez. Mikey Lopez, my understanding with him, and surprisingly, when Alex Del Barrio of KRGV. Uh, posted something about the independence. Mikey Lopez just put a heart like on Twitter. But Mikey Lopez, to be honest with you, he is still a Birmingham Legion player. Okay. So if he's still under contract and the Toros want him, they would have to pay a transfer fee to yeah. Birmingham Legion in order to bring him. It no, could happen. Just, it could. I mean, it could happen if they do want. Let's just sacrifice an, another international slot, kind of like we did with Kyle In, who went back to OKC. Maybe, 
maybe. But I mean, Mikey Lopez is pretty much, you can say he's he is established. Yeah, I mean, he's from Mission, Texas, but he's an established, I think he's kind of established himself as a USL player, like uh, that kind of like, he has a little bit of name recognition within the USL, not like Salomon, yeah, I mean, not at the level of Salomon Asante or Adam John before he left to uh, Atlanta United. United, but you know he's making a name for himself. You know, not bad for for a guy from the Rio Grande Valley. If you can get somebody like him to RGV, being local talent, oof, agarrate compadre. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of potential for this, and that kind of goes into uh, my final topic for today, and that is what can we expect for RGVFC's future. Ron Patel did mention that he does want this. He, it might not be off right off the bat, but he does wants this team to be to have most of its team be Valley natives. That's gonna take a while to get established. I mean, yes, you do have a lot of your, uh, you do have a lot of uh local prospects playing collegiate soccer right now, uh. Like, and and this is not a bad thing that I'm calling you out, but but you, Brandon Morales, uh, you're you're still in college. I'm looking at you, Jesse Ortiz, who is from Houston, Texas, and who did play for the Toros uh, br uh, very briefly in the mm -hmm. second year of the team. And from what I've uh, talked to, kind of talked to him, he would he wants to come back to the Toros. Yeah, I, I, I've I, I mean, the guys messaged me, and he he. he they want to come back, mm -hmm. and and I wouldn't mind them seeing back. So, so let's just build a hypothetical roster of RGV players. Okay, Michael, M Mikey Lopez. Mm -hmm. You would have Isidro Martinez. Mm -hmm. You would have Brandon Morales, mm -hmm. and you would have Jesse Ortiz. Mm -hmm. You got you got your four, your four players there. And you've also you've got you've also got uh, Dieguito Rocha, even though he's from Diego the Laredo, Rocha. but he is from the uh, RGV Academy. Okay, that's that's five. Okay, so that's basically if you have a twenty-three to twenty-five man roster, it's already a, a given a twenty-five percent of your roster just mm -hmm. right there. And that's because we're not including Omar Tiveros, but that's he's just pretty much he just pretty much shut the door uh, with at least within the USL uh, based on his uh, his actions his actions that we will not go into detail much detail about it, but. It's just, it's a shame, you know. We always talk, I always say, you know, you look at the. I'd have him in high regards. Yeah, I, I always, I always thought of him as him eventually cracking into that a galaxy roster. And and it's like you know you look at the hashtag that we're using for this for this season within or down in the valley, and it's rep the nine five six. And what Ontiveros did last season, that's not repping the nine five six in in the positive light that the Valley should be represented. I, I think, and one of the things that I've kind of mentioned is the Valley really isn't, really nobody knows about the Valley or doesn't really come up, nothing really comes up about the Valley at a national level, unless it's something that's negative. And, and so we need more people, we need more people, we, you know, we need this team to highlight the good, the positives of the Rio Grande Valley at a national level. And I think the addition of now being part of the Open Cup and now being an independent team, you know, 
I think it opens up a lot of possibilities for this team to really represent the Rio Grande Valley, like their hashtag says, para el baile. So, for the balance. Yes, correct. So, just a couple of things. Um, Harry does mention that Ian Russell has not signed with Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, I know he was one of the leading candidates from what I've heard. Mm -hmm. And Mikey Lopez did resign with Birmingham. With Birmingham. Mm -hmm. Um, Harry, be quiet. Be quiet. He's like, I disagree. I thought RGB had a great year. No, no. Ha hashtag, you can't beat us with one man up to up. Ooh. Hey, Harry, is uh, did um, did Matt Jordan take over your account? Hashtag core values. Yeah. Remember that remember that time with uh with Glenn Davis? He's like, oh, it's like RGB has been great. I'm like, are you watching the same games that I'm watching? Like, really? Like, I was I was uh, in contact while that was going. I was in contact with Justin and Josh of the Peel. All like I I just cackled at the thought of like how out of touch Matt Jordan was or how out of touch their vision for RGV was compared to the vision that we as the RGV fans want for this team. So now that is over. The future. Like a certain former head coach we had. Which one? And like which one? Our second year coach, remember? Oh, yeah. Junior. Oh. Yeah. 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 Oh, everything's okay. That, that that guy is uh let's just say he's been doing quite the business with low stokes I, I, you know I'm, I'm, i mean and I'm, it, I'm, I'm, you know i'm 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 gonna be surprised here at the huge turnaround that the guy has had since he left you i will say <laughs> i will say this though let me let me let me yeah, just go, go ahead. let me just go go on here since he's left the valley he's basically owned the valley since he's <laughs> Since he's been to uh, Los Dos. Oh okay? my god, yeah, don't remind me. Two, two wins and three draws. And draws what kind of draws? Oh my god, I, like... Hashtag pasó la tragedia. Yes, yes. Pasó la tragedia. But I will say this though, maybe that gives us, who've been harping on this point for years, uh, you know, about... One of the, the guys that I would like to see back it, it, just returning to that one topic real quick. Yeah. Michael Salazar. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would like to see Michael Salazar. I think he did good at the USL level. Maybe he met, maybe, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's just, you know, he, like, the Houston Dynamo wasn't a fit for him, uh, for him to come back to MLS, but he surely was good at the USL level. I would love to see him back. I don't know if he would be wants to go down to uh USL championship again. Yeah. But, you know, there's that. But I did want to say about Junior Gonzalez, uh, you know, the thing he did, but doesn't that kind of prove the point that maybe it wasn't really the coach's fault, you know, and I've harped this point with Jerson Echeverry. Yeah, it's the system. It was the system that pushed the coaches back. Yeah. And another player that we left out from the uh from the from the local branch, Victor Garza. Yeah, a player coach. Mm -hmm. That's that's kind of like my shotgun call. Player coach Victor Garza. Um, there's also the people are asking for Carlos Smalls. I know personally, I can tell you that he wants to come back to. 
he wants to, he does, but he does want to come back to the Rio Grande Valley. He's expressed it to me multiple times. He's expressed it to Mike as well. Um, th there is an, there is open to the possibility, but here, this is where my question in regards to all of this comes back. It comes in the form of, okay, we got our independence. You know, how much are we going to be living to past glories as far as, which weren't even much, but as far as like standout players, how much are, are we going to be like wanting them back instead of just kind of building to the future? Like I can understand that, you know, Charlie Ward, cause he's pretty much uh, one of the best distributors. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, but also he's established, you know, he's one of the best distributors in the USL championship. Um, and of course, you know, we, we talked about, you know, Michael Lopez, which probably would happen, but we also talked about, um, uh, who, who do we, what else did we talk about? Uh, pre Todd Warden. At least, but it, then it comes to kind of to the point of like, shouldn't we be striving for something better than that, than what we already had? You know, shouldn't we, uh, stra uh, shouldn't we kind of set our sights to getting more Forrest Lassos and, uh, Adam Jones. Yeah. Getting those kind him. of players, those veterans in this team, rather than like, trying to get the best of what we had before. Like we, we, I'm pretty sure like they could be in a really good team. They could be back, good backups, but you know, I think, you know, I think we should be striving, you know, Todd Warner was a starter for St. Louis FC. So I'll give him that too. Uh, you know, but I think, I think at the end of the day, like, yeah, I would like to see them back. But I think we need to strive for a little bit to at a higher standard on at least to as what our starters should be. For me, I can actually think of a billion Vijeb who was formerly a Sacramento who mm -hmm. is available. I would like to see him. Hey, he's a, he's a, a very well-established uh, USL veteran who has cracked the MLS a few times. I would like to see him, mm -hmm. to be honest. Um. No, Dylan Serna. No, he wouldn't fit the profile. But uh, but as far as that idea that I mentioned, like should like should this team like strive more higher than just like just get kind of get the best of what we used to have within in our history? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I can see that happening. I mean, I could. I mean, you could see this team kind of like reestablish itself from scratch. You know. Mm -hmm. and, and you know it's 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 now uh depending on that very first step on that very first step who do we get as a coach and then you start assembling the roster that is the biggest question the biggest variable right now once we get that uh that head coach established then we can start thinking of players to to burn to sign that actually fit that head coach's system because maybe we want Charlie Ward, but maybe if we get a coach that his play system has no use for a player like Charlie Ward. So there's that thing right there. So until you bring up a good point, Ray, until we get a head coach already established and signed, then we really can't say like about anything about players because it could be the situation that they don't fit the system. So that's the point I brought across with the, with a potential candidate. Mm -hmm. Say, we are going to take questions now. 
Um, let's just, uh, yeah, just in, in a little bit. But yeah, but what do you, what do you think, Sister, about that? I, I think. Go ahead, Ray. I mean, like I said, I mean, I would love to see a a name coach uh, arrive to the valley, like a Ian Russell. Mm -hmm. Now, if such candidate that w that has been brought up by the other show, uh, I'm gonna I am gonna reserve to making other comments until I start seeing players come in to really just judge where this team can can go. Mm. All right, Cesar. I think that the main priority needs to be the of the utmost importance, mm -hmm. and that is finding that coach. You get the coach, then you can know exactly what they're going to want to work with as far as the talent goes. Maybe they are going to want, you know, more local talent. Maybe they're going to want name big name veterans or established players. We won't know until that head coach comes into play. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what, so now that we talked about these particular topics, um, so what we're going to be trying to doing from here on out and down in the Valley is after we talk about the topics that we have scheduled to talk about for the particular show, we want to take some time uh, at the end of the show before we sign off to Ask to receive some questions. For example, you guys in, that are watching on Facebook or YouTube, you guys have particular questions that you want to ask us or any comments or your idea or your thoughts that we didn't address. Like while we're talking about the topics, you can go ahead and do so now at this moment. I know there's some questions from Facebook and on the uh, and on YouTube that I do want to take the time right now, just real quick to see if we can get some answers. So. Let's go with Facebook first. Uh, so we've got uh, Juan C. Trejo. He says, any word on who might become the manager or the type of manager they're looking for? Okay. So Ron Patel did mention uh, in in the video that we posted, uh, that we um, played a little yes, while yes, ago. So let's go with Facebook first. Ah, uh, uh, that so feedback. Got, uh, Juan C. Trejo. <laughs> he says, any word on who might become the manager? Okay, there we go. F in the chat. F dude. in the chat. F in that. I'm going to have to edit that out and post edit. <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay. I'm going to make you work for that one. <laughs> oh, boy. Double F in the chat. Uh, anyways. So, Juan, um, we did, po we did uh, play a video a little while ago uh, from Ron Patel himself kind of explaining that situation. But basically, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he does, he does mention that he wants the play style to be similar to what the valley can offer so for example he mentions you know in the valley we don't necessarily uh develop or or you know six foot six center backs physical players they're more on the shorter side they're they're more a lot technical a lot more uh position oriented uh and so that's what he wants he wants the team to reflect this type of play style that the Rio Grande Valley fans like. Um, he does say that he would love to hear your y'all's feedback as fans. Uh, so you know, on Twitter, if you guys have Twitter, um, go find him, go find Rod Patel on Twitter and give him the feedback. You know, what do you expect? What do you want this team to play at? You know, he will take that into consideration. I mean, come on, he took into consideration or plights of wanting this team to become independent, and he he. 
and he did he did it for us man he did it for us and i really i'm really grateful for this front office uh, of rtbsc for actually listening to their fans you know unlike uh some other um presidents that they say that they listen but i mean but i digress anyway so so yeah there, so there so there's that he does say that, that they're still looking he's expecting a, an announcement hopefully by mid january if they're they're going with a soft uh uh season opening date for may 1st so i i do think that we should get a coach as, as soon as possible so that way we can, we have a lot of time to prepare and i mentioned that last uh the last episode uh so so there's that but he does mention that he wants to make sure that the decision that he makes the hiring that he makes is actually a good fit for what the valley is gonna like and go to the stand and so that way they'll be able to go into the stands and support the totals because he feels that right now maybe they haven't been able to attract the the soccer fans in the Rio Grande Valley. I mean, how could they when they had no control over what happened on the pitch, you know, because that was the Houston Dynamo's control. Now they have the ability to do so and they're more than willing to listen to the fan to fan feedback. Uh so yeah, so there's uh hopefully that answered your question. In case it doesn't, um be sure to check out uh Ray Silva's uh Twitter page at uh so SOTX Athletics with an X at the end. Uh, he did post the uh, the video, right? You posted the, the the presser video. Yeah, both English and Spanish. Okay, so if you if you want to hear from him himself, or you can also check once the archive, uh, once the live stream ends, uh, you can check out the archive um, and uh, listen to uh, the excerpts that I did uh, play uh, on the live stream. So, uh, hopefully that answers your question. Then Jesus Hernandez, saludos a mi camarada Edson. Compadre, gustazo uh, ver que, que todos estén bien. Um, thank, you for, thank you for supporting Down in the Valley. If you could guys help me out, with, like this video, share it, and let your friends know uh, about Down in the Valley, where we, you know, this is, a, this is, this is the place for you as RGB fans to kind of to talk about the Toros, in a way that is as close to objective, well, not, I don't want to say, like, it's fan, it's a fan podcast, but we try to keep, we try to be uh, fair about it. So, for example, we say what's good, we also are going to say what is, what is bad. Uh, and so we, you know, we're trying to say it as objectively as possible. That's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to look for. Like myself, Ray, Jacob, or Cesar. We're going to try to be as objective as possible in what we talk uh, here on the show. So if you guys are the first time watching our show for the first time, first of all, welcome. And if you guys have not liked uh, uh, liked us on Facebook, be sure to give us a, that thumbs up. And uh, so that way you'll get notifications when we do go live uh, for subsequent uh, ep episodes for what's now going to be season four of Down in the Valley. Uh, all right, so... Somebody else had asked a, a little while ago. They mentioned, uh, where is it? So the question. I got one from Harry. If we got time. Yeah. Uh, so basically, they asked if what will be, what do you think will be, a, or if we think that the rivalry between Dynamo and RGV is going to be bigger than against Dynamo versus Austin or FC Dallas. It's the Duocell Championship. Come on, people. There's levels here. There's levels. 
Um, I mean, the only time they're going to have any sort of competition other than the preseason is, if we're lucky, the U.S. Open Cup. Correct. Uh, I mean, between fans, there's going to be a little bit of uh, banter here and there. But as far as on-field uh, rivalry, it's going to be rare. Like I said, it'll probably be just with preseason event, if, it, if it's possible, or uh, within the Open Cup. Um, because of the fact that they are two different uh, leagues. I mean, our primary our primary um, rivalry is going to be San Antonio, no matter what. So uh, hopefully that, an that answers your question. I believe that was uh, uh, Jordi. Yeah, Jor uh, Jordi Iraeta. Forgive me, I butcher your name. So Jordi Iraeta asked that question about if RGV versus Dynamo will be a better rivalry than FC versus FC Dallas or Austin FC. Um, uh, Cesar, go ahead and say Harry's uh, question. All right, so Harry asked, so what will be the expectation for year one of, of RGV's new uh, independence? And then he goes on to say playoffs or mid-pack. Every fan basically wants the title, uh, but even with San Antonio FC, not sure if they have the horses to win it all. So yeah, what what is the expectations for RGV now that they got their independence? Good question, Harry. Good question. Good question. Well, first of all, first of all, I think it's to get a head coach, and then we can start talking about expectations. While we don't have a coach, there there are no expectations. I think we can get we, the team can announce Ian Russell tomorrow, and I'm going to say to just smash San Antonio. Mm -hmm. oh, we don't have any in Russell. We don't have anyone as a head coach. So right now there are it's like no expectations. I mean, uh, the, the best thing to do is just try, uh, uh, try to get a head coach for now. Okay. Cesar? Yeah, I agree with Ray. You know, baby steps. I mean, this all happened, you know, pretty quickly and came out of the blue. But now that we have the established independence, you know, first things first, get um, get the necessary staff that we need to work with. Um, then we can talk players and then expectations. But like you said, if we can get a head coach by tomorrow, I think at least semifinals for playoffs. Hmm. That's that's my expectation. Okay, realistically for me just making it to playoffs the the issue just like i mentioned before okay this is good this year is going to be filled with uh good decisions and bad decisions you know we're barely like trying to walk on our own we're barely trying to ride a bike without training wheels at this moment so mistakes are going to be made i'm not expect i'm not expecting ron patel and the rgv fc uh front office to make 100% correct decisions all the time. No no player or no team does that. You know, so mistakes are going to be made. We might not make it to playoffs. Let's be realistic there. I mean, you know, it's going to be the first the first time that we're in charge of finding a coach, finding players, establishing a play style. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of uh, experiences that we're going to learn from and uh, fix. So if you ask me, my expectation is at least scraping to make it to playoffs. Anything else is going to be a big plus. 
now in subsequent years, I expect them to learn from their mistakes and continue to improve upon what was established the year before. Hopefully one day we can make it to the uh, USL Championship Final. That's my dream. But for right now, if you ask me just for 2021, I think it'd be, I think I would be extremely uh, rosy colored or rosy colored glasses kind of guy to say, oh, we're going to win the championship or we're going to be, you know, uh, we're we're going to make it at least to the US, US, uh, USL final. You know, the, we we have, we, we're going to learn. There's a lot of things that we don't know how to do yet and we're just going to be, uh, Going by, we're just going to learn learn as we go, as we say it. And Copa Texas. That, I think that's the only one that I can say that has to be a given. At least, I mean, if with the Dynamo, we made it to second place back in 2019, with the Dynamo with it, now that we have our own, I think we should be able we should be able to get Copa Texas come twenty twenty one. I'm not saying it's gonna it had like it's gonna be certain, but I think we have a higher chance of doing of doing so. If we can make a good competitive team, I think we can. I think we can win Copa Texas. Uh, and uh, so, I don't. What do y'all think? Mm, again, year one independence mistakes are gonna be made. I will. Be utterly shocked if we can win Copa Texas, Copa Texas this year. Right? U.S. Open Cup run, baby. Let's shock the world and let's have a little cup run of our own. Why not? Let's Who do you want to? Let's surprise the crap out of people and make a cup run at least to the quarterfinals. But no, that's not my expectation. I mean, <laughs> what do y'all uh, expect to see in HB Park? You, you know, I expect, I I expect this team to be more competitive and not drop a close one goal matches. I would like to see this team learning to close matches now. That would kind of be my expect my immediate expectation once a coach is hired. Okay. Learn to close out matches, whether we have a one goal lead or just hanging for a draw to avoid defeat. I would like to see this team learn to close out matches. That's a bare minimum. And I, I definitely agree with you, Ray, in that in that regard. Um, Motas Hayek, hopefully I did not butcher your name. If I did, I'm sorry. Um, welcome to the Down in the Valley YouTube channel. Thank you. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this show. And if you did, you know, you know, give it a like, subscribe if you haven't done so. Um, and like I said, feedback is always welcome. You know, and your participation is greatly, greatly appreciated uh, in, in the chat. And I hope you can, uh, like, we can help you learn more about RGVFC Todos uh, as time goes on. And, uh, you know, we're, there's a lot of room to, to, to grow uh, as a podcast. And so I'm really, really grateful uh, for you to, to be a newcomer around here. Everybody that's in the chat that has been here for a while, please make um, uh, 
Motas feel feel very welcome here. Uh, give give him a, a huge welcome, everybody in the chat, please. Um, and then just the one final one, or just a final comment. Uh, Johnny says if El Paso can advance uh, deep in their two year existence, so can we. There's legitimate point. Yeah, he's got a legitimate point. He does have a very no just, argument. No argument. And then one, just fi- this is the final question because it's already going to be going into two hours. I wanted this to be one hour only. We got into two again. Uh, okay. Johnny asks, who would be your ideal player to sign realistically? Oh. Johnny. Hmm. Idealistically, I'm going Charlie Ward. Out of the fences, if somehow the Houston Dynamo blow this opportunity, why not get Tyler Pash? Hmm. Cesar? Realistically. Better put on the pressure, Johnny. <laughs> um, I think for me it's too soon to say who I'd like to see come back realistically because, like I said, we've had so many potential candidates to come back, but realistically, seeing as who could benefit the club, I'd have to hold off on that one. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go. I'm not as well versed within with other USL teams outside of the Copa Texas ones, and I'm kind of like, and I'm really not as educated uh, compared to what I how I am with the Toros. Yeah, so I can't really give tell you okay, like realistically, I think the Toros should sign this player. So, but I do would like to see Charlie Ward. That has to for me. That would have to be a priority. Get Charlie Ward back with the get back with the Toros, uh, because of how well loved he is with the fans. How much he loves the Rio Grande Valley and the region. The icon. The return is like he's like give him like that good return to the Rio Grande Valley and learn how to, and this is, this is one thing that I will say to the marketing team of ArchVFC, learn how to like be able to market these players correctly throughout the whole Rio Grande Valley. Make sure not only the team, they have team name recognition, but also players name recognition. I think that there's the team is still lacking in that regard making making sure that the players are known throughout the fan base and throughout the Rio Grande Valley region. So there's something to improve. And if you bring back Charlie Ward, man, you got to take advantage of that and run with it, run with it as, uh, uh, like make him be like the, the king, the icon. Yes. The legend. Exactly. Make his name well-known throughout the whole Rio Grande Valley, even for those who don't follow soccer. So like, for example, I know it's Houston, but like Jose Altuve with the Astros, you know, you know, make his brand name recognition like out there. We're like even fans that are not baseball fans know who Jose Altuve is. If we can do that with our players within the Rio Grande Valley, oof, that'll help you grow as a team more from people not only who are soccer fans, but also like, you know, those fringe fans that. Maybe you know, you know they don't know a lot about soccer, but if you can attract them, you know you've got new fans right there. But that's that's that, that's just me uh, sitting in this gaming chair, you know, just throwing out some uh, opinions, you know. You, but that that that's just the way I see it. 
But I do, yeah, I do agree with Harry about, yeah, Ward, yeah, Charlie Ward. But guys, that is going to do it for this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate all of y'all's feedback, not only here on, on YouTube, but also Facebook Live. Thank you all. Uh, guys, like I said, you guys are new. Be sure to like or subscribe, depending on where you are, Facebook or YouTube. Uh, like this video and share it with your friends. Like even if even if it's after the uh, even if it's after the the live stream ends, and if you're like if you're watching the replay, you know, share it, share it with your friends. Make down in the valley like like let people know about down in the valley. Like this is this is a space for you all, for all of us to learn together about the, about the totals where we can talk as fans and like and connect as a fan base that's what we want down in the valley to be we want a place where fans can connect and talk about the toros uh but it, it i can only i can only do it with y'all's help so if you guys can do me that big favor you know share this around facebook twitter instagram uh tinder bumble look uh you know smoke signal whatever you know share with farmers your, only far at farmers only.com com. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, share it with your, your with everybody that you know, especially if they're Taurus fans. Let them know about Down in the Valley. I know there's not a lot of places to talk about the talks specifically about the Toros. So we are uh, the the way we're trying to give that to you uh, as fans to talk about the Toros when we do live. And like I said, and also be sure to listen to us on our on the audio version on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, Anchor FM, uh, Spotify, uh, as well, Breaker, Pocket Casts, you know, and, and in TuneIn Radio as well. Be sure to also check out uh, the Be the Beautiful Game Network. By the way, we are a member of the Beautiful Game Network. Uh, we are part of a network of not only USL podcasts, but also even MLS and WSL podcasts. Uh, so check out their website where you can find not only our podcast, but any other uh, podcasts like um the usl show also um the peel and other another podcast you know that the talk about the usl and and mls but a great group of people you know they also cover their teams their respective teams really really well so be sure to support them if you can hey you might learn more about their uh about their teams you know which is what I, one of one of my resolutions for this year Start, uh, start listening more, be more consistent about listening to them and learn more about other teams outside of RGBFC Toros. Um, but yeah, uh, so there's that. Be sure to also, guys, support the BGN Network's uh, sponsors, Roughneck Scarfs and Icarus uh, FC, and also our personal sponsor, Natural Beauty Spa. Um, guys, Cesar, um, Ray, where can they find you at? I'll take this one. They can find me on YouTube at the South Texas Border Sports. Uh, my podcast can be found at anchor.fm forward slash STBS, where I will be resuming in the first Monday of January with podcasts with season number two. And I am currently breaking down the top 10 of sports events that happen in the Rio Grande Valley, not including high school. Um, they can find me at Facebook at South Texas Border Sports as well. And on Twitter at SOTX Athletics IX ending uh, for the Twitter handle. 
César. Yeah, um, y'all can find me on Twitter at um, at court underscore easy. That's the uh, Twitter handle, or on my most active uh, Instagram, which is uh, courts golfing. That's another thing I do on the site as well, as well as my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Cesar Cortez, with a Z C O R T E Z. So be sure to uh, be sure to follow them, subscribe to them. You know, give them their give them your support as well. You know, they do an outstanding job. You know. Uh, covering covering the totals in one way or another. I know Cesar has done photography when he's been able to, and he takes really good photos. So be sure to support him there as well. Support their other hobbies. Also, be sure to uh, be sure to follow Jacob Young. He couldn't be here sadly because of work, but uh, support him too. You know, you can follow him on Twitter at Jacob Young four five six. Follow him on Instagram Jacob Young ninety nine. Uh, he is, you know, he is my you know, permanent uh, co-host of the show. Um, lastly, follow us on our social media at DonnellyDRGV on Twitter and Instagram and follow us uh, and give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash down the valley. And also don't forget, check out our website at DITVpodcast.com where once the season starts, we'll start, I'll start trying to upload new, new articles on news that have, that are occurring within the uh, world of the RGVSC Toros. So on behalf of everybody at down, in the, at down in the Valley, I wish you all a safe and a very happy new year. Stay hydrated. Wear a mask. Hope to see you all in 2021. Guys, I know 2020 sucked. And I say it like with all of the fua when I say sucked. But here's hoping that 2021 can be a better year for all of us, not only within soccer, but also in our personal lives. Here's to a better 2021, guys. Cheers. And um, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you on the next show. Take care.